Good morning. Thank you, Wookie. You're awesome. Can't preach without the pulpit. <laughs> Thanks, honey. Beautiful singing today, by the way. Didn't they sound didn't they sound beautiful? Glorious. Is that the Johnston family here? <gasps> Welcome home! Oh my gosh, so great to have you guys. All the way from Alice Springs. Very cool. Long drive back home, yeah. <laughs> and um, we like the weather we're putting on for you. Yeah. <laughs> It's a little bit different to Alice. Oh, that's awesome. Great to have you. We've got a lot of our families here today. And of course, there are the kids downstairs having water fun day, <laughs> which is kind of funny because last year, I think it rained on water fun day as well. So I don't know. I think whenever, whenever we're in a drought, we need to obviously have water fun day. I think it will break the drought. Uh, go figure. So it's great to, great to have all the families here. And for those watching at home, great to have you uh, in the room as well, so to speak and to have us in your room, uh, and re- really believing that God's going to speak uh, to each of us today. It's been a really weird start to the year. Anyone else feel that? Like, it's just a bit weird, a weird start to the year. I think, um, you know, just reflecting on, on the last few weeks, you know, we really thought we kind of had the COVID thing nailed, you know, like just before Christmas, it was like, you know, <laughs> What restrictions, you know, like we felt free and felt like life could actually maybe move on and we could make some actual plans for 2021. And it kind of felt like something had shifted and then bang, we had this outbreak, everything changes, we do this mass scramble. Anyone else kind of working out which dishes to send to which home because you were supposed to be at their house and they, or someone was supposed to be at yours. And we had this weird exchange of eskies going on, you know, between uh, relatives' houses. <laughs> you know, people who who cooked all the dessert who now couldn't come to your house, so they were dropping it off. You know, uh, anyone else like that? Or was it just me? <laughs> it was. It was just so weird. And uh, and you know, and January is supposed to be this great time of celebration. Uh, you know, we really love getting out there to the beach and to, to a barbecue at someone's house or whatever. And 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 it's just felt it just it's just felt so weird. And, and I'm also one of the people that does all the planning for the year. So I've got the whole year calendar out. I've got all the dates on there, you know, and I, and I, I plan the whole year. And, you know, part of my job in the church for many years has been to then produce some sort of calendar, you know, some sort of predictable patterns, you know, the rhythms of the church, you know, and, and, and make it all pretty and get it into your hands. Yeah, basically the only dates I've got on my calendar are the birthdays of my family, which is actually quite a lot of dates, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) And it's like... We're just going to pencil everything else in, you know. It's, it's like we've, we've kind of had to maintain this weird get ready to pivot at, at any moment because things could change. And, uh, and it's a strange way to start the year. Uh, and, and I can't help but reflect, you know, it just prophetically, just like, God, what are you doing on the earth? Because it was really clear to me that 2020 was a time of God shaking the earth. You know, we saw right across the earth a lot of fear and panic in 2020, uh, you know, as, as people were just so terrified of, of what COVID was and wasn't. And as the year's gone, uh, you know, gone through, there's been this sense of, well, so is it really that bad? Or maybe it's not so bad. And then and there's the conspiracy theories. And then there's the drugs you're not allowed to talk about or you get banned from Facebook. And, you know, there's this weird kind of sort of 
uh, truths uh, and responses that are conflicting and you're allowed to do this. I was at a wedding on Monday and we were allowed to sit with 70 strangers side by side with no masks on, but you have to wear a mask coming to a house of worship today. It's like, it's so confusing. It is absolutely confusing. I have no doubt that God is shaking the earth. And so you ask yourself, what are you up to, God? And we kind of thought maybe the shaking would be done in 2020 and we'd get into 2021 and it would just settle down and we'd be able to, you know, find our feet again and and move forward. And what's apparent to us all is that the shaking has not finished. The shaking is still going on. In fact, I look across, uh, you know, across the world and I, I'm, I really love to watch uh, a lot of different sources of news and to see what's happening across the earth because I'm always, I'm always trying to, uh, you know, find that tension between what I'm, you know, what I'm seeing on the earth and what I'm hearing from the throne room of God. You know, what are you doing, God? The mood has changed. Have you noticed? The mood has changed on the earth. While COVID is still happening, there's a pushback, there's a resistance. And I believe that people are hungry for truth and they don't believe they're getting it. They don't believe they're getting it. They're hungry for truth. And, and I want to speak about this today because I, I believe that God is allowing the earth to be shaken for a reason. You know, the Bible tells us that it's not his desire for anyone to perish. So I have to believe that God, in his great wisdom and understanding of the world's events, of the timeline of the earth, of the story of humanity, that somehow in that shaking, he's stirring the church awake. He's stirring it awake. Maybe he's purifying the church a little. And he's refocusing the people of God on what really matters, he's refocusing his church on what is true, what is truth. And there's always this overflow in the natural of the stuff that's happening in the supernatural. So we've, we see this funny expression of it in the natural as people uh, you know, are responding and starting to push back and resisting and questioning. And we're seeing this in the natural, but really it's a response because something's going on in the supernatural. Because truth will prevail. Truth will prevail. So I I really believe that uh, we need the Holy Spirit more than ever. And I just want to say as your pastor, I've been so proud of you, Strong Nation Church, because even in this time of shaking and uncertainty, what I've seen is the faithfulness of God in and through your life. And of how you've cared for one another, how you've pressed in, how you've prayed, how you've persevered, how you've confronted your own fears, your own anxieties, how you've allowed God to move in your life and work in your life to encourage others, encourage each other. I want to tell you, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And God's at work and we want Him to be at work, right? And if He's going to shake, we know in Hebrews that the, uh, the only purpose of His shaking is so that what the only thing that remains is the stuff of the kingdom. And that's what we want, isn't it? Like we don't want the stuff we're building in our lives because that's feeble and vulnerable. But the stuff of God that's being built in our lives, it will remain. It will persevere. It won't, doesn't matter how badly shaken it is, the truth of God in us will remain. Amen. 
and the truth of our purpose, the truth of who we are, of our identity, of who we are together as His church, that will remain. Because the things, the things of the kingdom always remain in a time of shaking. So God's still shaking and we need the Holy Spirit more than ever. And so I want to talk today about the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Truth. If you've got your Bibles, maybe turn with me to John 16, verse 12 to 13. It's Jesus speaking to his disciples and he says this, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, in other words, from the throne room, from God, He will speak and He will declare to you the things that are to come. How interesting. And all the conversations that Jesus had with His disciples, all the lessons, all the miracles, all the, all the truths that He had taught, He basically said, I've still got so much more to say, but you couldn't possibly bear to hear them all at once. It's a bit too much. Because truth is hard sometimes, isn't it? Truth is, a, truth is a tough gig. Truth is hard to hear. And the Holy Spirit was necessary to guide us because sometimes the journey to truth is full of obstacles and challenges. And we need to be taken by the hand, by the Holy Spirit, because He's so beautiful and He's so gentle. And He will lead us on a journey to truth that we couldn't do on our own. Jesus said, wait for it. Don't do anything without it. Don't do anything without the Holy Spirit. He's the Spirit of truth. He's coming to guide you. He's coming to lead you into truth. This is so flying in the face of the world that we live in today because truth is like the path of least resistance. That's your truth. Whatever you feel, whatever the path of least resistance is, that is truth. That's the world we're living in today. That's what your children are hearing at school. That's what they're watching on their movies, on their Netflix. That's what they're being indoctrinated with. Their feelings are their truth. And of course, that is creating a world full of so much chaos and confusion. It's gone utterly mad. I, I kid you not, the world has gone utterly mad. Would you agree with me, ladies? You've, you've seen a little bit more of life than I have. It's gone mad. There is so much confusion in the world as everybody chases their own version of the truth. And that's the, the path of least resistance. You know, there was a day, some of you might remember it, where we actually understood that, uh, you know, there were some things in our emotions that we couldn't necessarily always trust. And that wasn't actually always telling us the truth. <laughs> Do you remember that day? Wow. Maybe a couple of us do. <laughs> because the truth is that God says things about me that I don't always feel. So what's true? God's word about me or what I'm feeling? Well, if you ask anyone in the world who doesn't have a, a godly perspective or a, you know, a biblical worldview, they'll say, well, trust your gut. Go with your heart. Well, the Bible actually tells me that sometimes my heart is utterly wicked and is leading me down paths 
I don't need to go. So what do we do? What do we do with that? What do we do with the world that we're living in today? How do we, how do we process truth when everyone in the world is telling me that my emotions are my truth and no one has the right to challenge that? Well, maybe no one does have the right to challenge that. Except maybe God, the one who created you, the one who knows you better than yourself, the one who knows the end from the beginning. Not even Satan knows that. He designed you. He knows you so much better than yourself. Like he understands every root issue, every hidden motivation. He understands you better than you know yourself. And he's aware of every obstacle and stumbling block that has been put in your path and that will be put in your path that might block you from perceiving the truth. And if anyone has a right to challenge our idea of truth, it's certainly God. And that is why he sent us the spirit of truth. He sent us the spirit of truth because he knew that we would live in a world full of deception, veils, lies, twisted truth. We would need the spirit of truth to guide us through a labyrinth of this kind of deception. So I've got three points today because it's very Pentecostal, right, to do three points. <laughs> and uh, you're not, not at church unless you've got three points. Just, just come with a notebook with three points because really I don't think anyone's going to give you any more than three points. Um, so <laughs> three points. I've got three points for you because they're easy to remember. Uh, just to help you embrace the spirit of truth. Do you want to embrace the spirit of truth today? We need the spirit of truth today. Amen? We need it. We're living in really unique times on the earth and we need him more than ever. The first point is that we must learn to respect him. We must learn to respect him. I want to read a little story from Acts chapter 5 and it's a really confronting story. And we're going to have a little chat about it. So let me read it. But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said to Ananias, Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came upon all who heard, heard of it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they found her dead and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. You know, 
I think this is a, it's a really confronting passage because we don't see this happen on a regular basis at all calls in church, um, you know, kind of dropping dead. Uh, I did notice they've concreted the back car park, not sure what's underneath. Um, that was a joke. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not, oh, not often that we quite see the judgment of God play out like this, but it was a really important story for the beginnings of the work of the church because the Holy Spirit was this new entity, this new idea, this new concept for them. Uh, Most of them hadn't even gotten their their mind around Jesus being the Son of God, let alone the idea of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, this was a demonstration, I believe, that was necessary so that people would understand as gentle and as loving and as kind and as tender as the Holy Spirit is, don't mess with him. He is God. And I think it's really important that we have a healthy fear of God. In fact, the Bible tells us quite clearly in Psalms that we don't have wisdom without fear, without fear of God. And we've got to have a healthy fear of God. And you know, the Holy Spirit cannot tolerate lies because there is no lie in Him. And He does not want uh, lying to be in His people or in His church. Truth and lies cannot coexist. If you've ever been lied to, you understand the damage and the destruction that is caused by those lies. They create absolute chaos. You know, open deception will remove you from the grace and the favour of the Lord. We've got to have a healthy understanding of the consequences of lying. The Holy Spirit might not slay you where you stand, but you do stand in direct opposition to him when you lie because he is truth. He is truth. You know, what's so interesting about this, even like talk about the great fear that came upon them, but the next verse says that extraordinary signs and wonders start to happen everywhere. Because <laughs> that's what happens with a little bit of fear and awe of the Lord. When you actually understand how powerful He is, your faith to believe, <laughs> something happens to it. And signs and wonders begin to happen. I want to see signs and wonders happen in my life. I want to nurture a pretty decent sense of fear and respect and awe and wonder of the God that I serve and the spirit of truth. You see, he is so the opposite of the devil. John 8, 44 shows us. Jesus speaking, he says, You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. You can understand why the Holy Spirit will oppose you if you are trying to lie and deceive. I've seen this happen time and time again in church life. And in fact, just a few years ago, we had leaders that were lying and we knew they were lying. We couldn't prove it. But something weird was going on with our church finances. We'd worked so hard to make sure that they were all, all lined up, all doing well, flourishing. We had so much faith amongst our team for finances and yet we were struggling. It was in chaos and we couldn't understand why. 
We're like, God, what's going on? I want you to know that when things are not good financially for the church, the first thing Rick and I do is start repenting for sins we haven't even thought of committing yet. Like we're just like fasting, we're praying, like we turn inwards first. It's like, oh God, I'm so sorry for, I don't know, anything. You're like, you know, we, we look at ourselves, we look at our own giving, we look at our own faithfulness. Like we go, God, what's happening? And I could sense that something was going on, that there was deception. Couldn't prove it, but I knew there was deception. Do you know, God removed those leaders from the church and the week they went, the tithes rose and they've never gone down. Suddenly, huge amounts of supernatural giving happened. Miraculous giving started to happen. It just, it just got unleashed over the church. It was the most amazing thing because God will not allow lying and deception to happen in His church. And I think, guys, we've got to get a healthy fear for that sort of stuff in our own lives, like keep squeaky clean before the Holy Spirit. You want to be led into truth? Don't lie to God. Don't lie to the man of God. Don't deceive. Don't try and trick. Be honest because God loves an honest sinner, but He'll oppose anyone else. He'll oppose anyone else. The Bible tells us that in James chapter 4. It says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So I want to tell you, you want to foster the spirit of truth in your life, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, the power of the Holy Spirit to reveal truth and reveal the path and reveal your future for you. Let's address that in our lives and let's be squeaky clean before the Lord. Amen? A healthy fear of the Holy Spirit will ensure that we live a life of truth. The second thing I want to say is that we need to abide in Him. We need to abide in Him. John chapter 8, it says, And so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed Him, If you abide in my word, you truly are my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What a powerful statement is that. How powerful is it? If we will choose to abide in Him, to live in His words, we will know the truth because Jesus is the truth. And this is the unique work of the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. The unique work of Him is to keep pointing us back to Jesus. He will keep taking you back to Jesus. He'll point you back to Jesus. The more we abide in Him, the more we will know the truth because Jesus is the truth. You know, sometimes I've, I've gotten so confused, you know, over, over issues or different arguments or, you know, it's that whole, almost like that, that tree of the knowledge of good and evil, like, you know, not knowing where I stand on something and I feel so confused and I don't know what my future looks like. Or I don't know what decision to make and, you know, all that confusion reigns and, and, and the Holy Spirit will take me back to Jesus because when I am standing face to face with Him, everything is clear. Everything is clear. I know who I am. I know what I need to do. I know the next step. But the minute I start wandering off on my own reasoning, my own understanding, my own wisdom, my own strength, I start to get more and more confused. And the Holy Spirit, you know what He does? He just faithfully steers us back to Jesus. And when we're standing face to face with Jesus, suddenly it becomes clear again. Amen? Give me a wave if you've experienced that, if you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. I'm not alone. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will lead us back to Jesus. In fact, I want to read this, this really interesting verse in 1 Corinthians 12. 
uh, verse 3, it says, Therefore I inform you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. In other words, you cannot have the Spirit of God in you, the Holy Spirit in you, and deny Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit has been with you all along because He's the one that revealed the truth about Jesus to you in the first place. Why do you believe in Jesus? Because the Holy Spirit revealed it to you. He is the Spirit of truth. He peels back the layers. Sometimes he has to peel back the layers of deception. Sometimes he's just got to peel back the layers between the natural world and the supernatural world. And if you've had a revelation of Jesus Christ as as your Lord and Saviour, you've already had the Spirit of truth working in your life. He's already working. He's been there from the very beginning because without Him, we can't even call Jesus Lord. We don't recognise Jesus without the Spirit of truth, without the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? He's been there right from the very beginning. <laughs> Reminds me of you know, the, those first few verses in Genesis where the Spirit is hovering over the surface. He's right there at the beginning, at the beginning of all things. He's certainly right there at the beginning of faith in Jesus Christ. And that is the work of the Holy Spirit to constantly bring you back to Jesus. I want to encourage you. Abide in Him. He will take you where you need to go. He will lead you to your place of clarity. He will lead you to an understanding of the future. He will lead you to have confidence to step into that future. He will lead you in a path that will bring great things. We can, we can trust Him to do that. And that's my third point. Trust Him. Trust Him. You know, I think of the 23rd Psalm and the good places He leads me by still waters, prepares a banquet for me in the presence of my enemies. We can trust that the Holy Spirit is leading us somewhere good, even if the truth is hard. Even if the truth is hard. Because truth can feel scary sometimes. You know, the Holy Spirit is so gentle. We've needed him so much because he understands us so deeply. He understands our hurts and our griefs. He he knows so intimately what's hard for us. He knows those hidden battles. And he's just there cheering us on all the way, saying, you've got this. You've got boldness to overcome. You've got authority over this. You can do this. He knows us so intimately and we can trust him. You know, if, if we want to dis- try and deceive him, he'll oppose us. If we want to be proud and arrogant and do things our way, he'll oppose us. But you know what? When we're broken and hurting and in pain and have experienced trauma and sometimes those things knock us from the path of truth. They do. They can knock us from the path of truth. Do you know he's the absolute opposite to what we saw with Ananias and Sapphira? I love the picture that's painted in Isaiah 42, verse 3. It says, A bruised reed he will not break, and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. You know, the Holy Spirit by his very nature will not try to break you when you're bruised or extinguish that tiny flicker of faith or trust that you have in him. No, on the contrary, he'll attend to you. 
in such a way as to heal you, to minister to you, to restore you, to revive you, to refire you. Amen? That's how he leads us to truth. I want to finish with a couple of stories. I said I was going to preach short, but I don't know how it got to 11 o'clock. But I'm going to tell you some stories. These are, this is, these are my testimony stories. Some of you have heard these a few times. They're my testimony. I'm going to keep telling them because this is the favour of God in my life. Okay. In our early marriage, we were in trouble. It was very bad. And I was really packing my bags and leaving. I was so hard. I was so hard to Rick. I was really hard to God. Somehow I was blaming God for a lot of things. And I was done. I was out. And, uh, and, and I just was, I was so hurt and angry because I just felt like, uh, you know, God had somehow let me down in this, in this whole marriage equation. And then one morning, I was on the late shift at work. I was still at home and the phone rings. And it's my childhood pastor. He had never rung me before. He never rang me again after. It was the one time he ever rang me, Pastor Gordon Gibbs. And he rings me and he says, Naomi, I don't even know how he knew my number. He said, I was praying this morning and God put you on my heart. Well, I don't know what he said after that because I was a blubbering mess because I realised that God had hunted me down (laughs) with his love and his kindness to help me face some truth. Because while, while there was some truth in the fact that there were some dynamics in our marriage that weren't great or healthy and we needed to learn a few things, there was hard truth about my bitterness and my unforgiveness towards God and my disrespect of Him in that moment. And here was God so beautifully, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of truth, who knew I needed to face these truths, but he had to completely disarm me to get that deep. (laughs) And what does he do? He prompts my childhood pastor to ring me. Wow. That phone call changed my life. I remember Pastor Gordon saying, we're just going to let the Holy Spirit minister as I sobbed on the phone. It wasn't a counselling session. You know, there wasn't advice given. It was actually silent as the Holy Spirit ministered to me over the phone. And the spirit of truth that day set me free from all the anger and the bitterness and the resentment. And I made a decision that day, I'm going to make this marriage work. And here we are 30, almost 32 years later. I mean, 30 years later, 32 years of marriage. (laughs) Because God is so good. See how gentle the Holy Spirit can be. Another story I want to tell you is about my mum. So many of you know my mum died about 17 years ago now. She had motor neuron disease. So it was a, a death over three years um, and a really horrible time. But uh, mum really was believing that God was going to heal her. And she felt that if she, if, she, if she accepted that she was going to die, somehow she was being less than faithful, that she wasn't being true to what the Word of God said. And so she couldn't face that she might die. And then, you know, towards the end there, she actually had a respiratory arrest and she was taken by ambulance to the hospital that, that actually revived, the nurse that was with her at the time had revived her. And uh, I remember arriving at the hospital and I could hear her just uh, moaning in, in the bed. And she was so struggling with what's going on. 
And uh, down the hall, I hear this familiar voice, this deep, booming voice. And around the corner comes Cliff Beard. Now, you probably don't know who that is, but he was the man that brought my parents into the ministry many years ago and mentored them and discipled them in the early days of ministry. He was a faith preacher. He was a signs and wonders kind of guy. I mean, he was larger than life and, um, and the spirit within him was larger than life. And he comes strolling in as casual as anything. He lives in Mildura. And he just happened to be in Penrith. And I don't know how he heard that mum was in hospital, but he strolls into the hospital ward and he, sta- he sits down next to my mother and he's singing some hymns and he starts to talk about heaven with her. He starts to talk about what the Bible says. He starts to talk about what people have experienced and her afterlife experiences. He starts to talk about visions he's had himself of heaven. And he just starts to just fill that room. You could feel it. It was tangible with faith. Just fill it with faith. You know, my mum came home that day and there was a peace on her. She lived for 10 more days and there was an utter peace on her about going home to heaven. It was a hard truth. It was a truth she couldn't quite face. But in that moment, see how the spirit of truth works? So beautiful, so gentle, so incredibly, so beautifully. I want you to know you can trust Him to lead you to truth that is hard. You can trust Him. Because he will not break a bruised reed and he will not extinguish a flickering flame. He won't do that to you. You can trust him. Matt, could you just jump on the keys for me and I'm going to finish up. But I believe, I believe the spirit of truth is here to minister to you here in this room and at home, wherever you're watching. The spirit of truth is here today. There's moments of great fragility and vulnerability in our life seasons where we can feel pretty raw. But I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is so gentle and he'll lead you to a truth that will set you free, that will be a place of peace. You know, Rick said it so many times and we've been talking a lot about it as a leadership team. Without the Holy Spirit, Christianity is just behaviour management. It's not sustainable. It's not joyous. It's not peaceful. It's behaviour management. You're trying to live up to a moral code in your own strength. No, no. God never meant that for you. He sent you the Holy Spirit so that you'd be completely transformed from the inside out. That there'd be a a fire stoking inside of you. The Holy Spirit, you can't extinguish Him. That's who lives within you. He's at work in you. And I want you to know the Spirit of Truth is here for you today. I don't know what, I don't know what your need is today. Maybe it's just direction for the future, assurance about something. Maybe it's some clearing away of some confusion. Maybe you're wrestling with some human reasoning. I don't know what it is for you today, but I want you to know the Spirit of Truth is here to guide you and He will lead you to a good place if you let Him. If you let Him. 
And in, in this moment, I'm just going to ask for everyone in the room to stand to your feet. Because it's just an attitude, a posture of saying, I'm serious. In this moment, I'm serious. And if you're at home watching this and you're with someone and you need prayer today, you need the spirit of truth revealed in your life, why don't you just ask someone to lay hands on you? And if you're in this room today and you really need that touch of the Holy Spirit, I wonder whether you might just raise your hand and people around you just come and just lay hands on you in support. There's someone over here, someone over here, someone over here. Just if you just wouldn't mind looking around to support your brothers and sisters right now. For those that really need the spirit of truth to just come clear, just clear and loud. Holy Spirit, right now we thank you for your presence. You're here amongst us. Thank you for your tender mercies, your kindness, your compassion, your empathy. We thank you for your deep understanding of us, your love for us. Lord, I pray right now you would lead us to truth. And it would be truth that sets us free. Truth that brings us joy. Truth that brings us peace. Truth that wipes away the deceptions and lies around us. Truth that does away with the confusion and the chaos. Truth that takes us beside still waters. I pray right now you'd minister to every heart that hears my voice right now. Every heart, every mind, every spirit. Lord, that you would reveal truth reveal clarity, reveal future direction. And we thank you for your faithfulness right now, God. Lord, as your church, we resolve to be carriers of the spirit of truth. In a day of so much deception and chaos on the earth, Lord, that your church would be that great bastion of truth and hope place where people can encounter the living God, encounter Jesus face to face and understand the truth. Reveal Jesus to many hearts, Lord God, in these days where the harvest is ready and the workers are still so few. God, reveal truth to hearts. Reveal the truth of Jesus to hearts, we pray. And Lord, I pray that each one of us will take seriously today a decision to really embrace the spirit of truth in our lives with a holy fear and an abiding trust. And we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So... I guess that launches the year with the Upper Room. Next week is Vision Sunday. Whether you're here in the room or at home partying, we're going to be together because we've got some serious kingdom things to do this year. Are you with us? Let's do it.
okay? Thanks, guys. Have a great day.